Thank you, Amy Mullen, for joining me today on Intuition, Your First Sense. I'm so grateful. I love the work that you and your husband and your community and everything that you're doing. And I just, oh, I feel ooey gooey about sharing it. So I'm grateful that you had time to be on my show. And I'm looking forward to see wherever we go. There's no plan for this show. And I love things like that where we just navigate intuitively. Um, so thank you so much. And how about you do the intro of who you are because people always do their own better than I do. Well, thank you, Vicki, um, for having me. It's great to be here with you on your show. And I love talking about intuition. It's one of my favorite topics to talk about because I think it's an important gift that we all need to learn how to tap into in our personal and our professional lives. Um, I uh, have the pleasure of running two purpose-driven companies with my wonderful husband, Scott. Uh, True Heart Cause Agency, I started almost 24 years ago, and we specialize in teaming up purpose-driven brands and celebrities to come together and help raise millions of dollars for great causes. We produce these beautiful social impact campaigns that drive billions of media impressions across traditional and social media. Mm -hmm. And then we just launched a really exciting new venture, our True Heart Social Impact Search Engine this summer, which is a way for people to change the world with every search. So when you search with us at trueheart.com, we donate 80% of our net profits to six amazing charities who work every day to save lives, feed the hungry, protect the planet, promote animal welfare, fight for equality, and support our youth. So it's a free and easy way to help transform your local community. And we're just all about offering people a way to take their power back and commit to having their searches online make a social and environmental impact. So for me, it's all about how can I use my talents, my time, my expertise to just do a little bit of good every day and invite everyone else around me to join me in doing a little bit of good because I believe that when you do these small random acts of kindness, it creates a ripple effect of goodness in the world. And the more people that are doing a little bit of good, the more impact we can make and the more lives we can touch. Yeah. I, and, and I see, I knew we were going to connect on that level. Uh, <laughs> it's, we underestimate the ripple effect, I think, as, as energetic beings. And, and this is a way that people can physically be involved in it. It was very easy. I added the extension. It let me, you know, do the search thing and I'll Thank do, you. do links and everything um, to feel good too. Like to really, it's it's got a ripple effect of helping. And yet it's also going to impact the person using the search engine uh, because you feel like you can help. And maybe right now, donating money is not a thing you can do or maybe you don't have time because who knows if the kids are going back to school or whatever but we are searching constantly um you know mobile or whatever device you're using and this is a way to i felt it, it was a way to participate and yet not overextend 
someone. That is absolutely one of the reasons why we created our search engine. We wanted to help democratize philanthropy. You know, Scott and I feel that there are billions of people in the world with big, beautiful hearts who want to give back but they just don't have disposable income to donate to charity and they shouldn't be left out, but they've been largely excluded from philanthropy, you know, for so many years. And we wanted to create a way to just invite all of these people in and have a sense of community. And so, as you said, this is just a really like low barrier, you know, for everyone to participate because you don't have to take any money out of your wallet to contribute. If you're searching for those like cute puppy videos or <laughs> checking the weather in Massachusetts, or you want to book a dinner reservation, you know, you're searching online anyway, as you said, on your phone, on your tablet, on your computer, but now your searches have an intention behind them. They're going to help people, animals, and the planet. And we're really intentional about showing our community where every dollar goes to make a difference. So over the course of the next year, you'll see beautiful impact videos that we produce that show all the funded dream projects that our community made a reality. And we'll show you with pictures and press coverage. These are the people and the animals and the planet that are better just because you search with us. And for us, that's so exciting to use the power of tech for good. You know, I feel like we're more digitally connected than we've ever been before. Yet, ironically, we're so disconnected in real life. And we wanted to, you know, put our heads together and come up with a way where we can bring people together in service of humanity. And it's a small action that you do anyway, every day. So why not do it for good? Mm -hmm. And, and a lot of the times it's a collective uh, contribution too, not just because of the, the, the funding and everything, but like when you're giving and you're contributing, it raises your own intuitive vibration. Yeah. So in your desire to help these other, help other foundations and such, you're helping the very people who are doing the search so it's like this beautiful recycling symbol you know where the energy just gets passed from one to the other and it gets to build within each of us that are doing it and then that goes out you know exponentially because when you're feeling filled up and you're it doing it it's a it's a simple but not so simple thing it's a simple yeah. thing to use the search engine and yet it's a way to say i'm contributing to my collective whole to my universe to absolutely you know the heartbeat of everything which is connected i don't believe we're all one but we do contribute to one so we may as well get our butts in there and do something about it um, and then feel good about it so the um that was one of the things that uh, drew me actually when i saw your website uh to having you on because i think of i've always thought of this podcast as how can i get the information out there like how can i help someone who doesn't have to pay for this but can learn how to get their energy in check maybe they don't even know they're intuitive and somehow this rolls across their page, you know, and through the divine intervention that happens in this universe, 
um, my mouth shows up in their ear, you know, and, and it helps them to realize, whoa, that's what I've been feeling. And you had shared with me that you've had some intuitive experiences. And I, I, I feel like there's um, a divine guidance to what you do anyway, you and Scott, you. and what you bring to the world. You know, there's, there's, um, there's a lot of love in the universe. Um, and sometimes we are the carriers of that. And, but it takes a willingness to step up, to do the work, to say, hey, here's a crazy idea. Shouldn't we connect these two dots? You had said that you had some intuitive experience and I always love hearing that because like you said, we're all intuitive. Everybody has this. The more you bring, we all bring awareness to it. I just feel like the calmer we're going to be as humans um, and the less we're going to compete. So would you share the one or some yeah. of your experiences with me? Us? Absolutely, Vicki. Um, so I've always known that I was both um, intuitive and also an empath since I was a child. Um, I just felt things very deeply and could always pick up on other people's energy even over the phone, not just in person, but I could get a sense when it was someone that I was deeply connected to if they were in pain. So most of my um, profound intuitive experiences are around connecting to people that I love and were so close to when they were in pain or when they were passing. So, you know, to give you a few examples, um, when I was 17, my paternal grandfather uh, was dying and he was a, a type one diabetic. And we found out that year that he was also a closet alcoholic for about 40 years and type one diabetes and alcohol do not mix. Um, my grandpa was also battling Parkinson's disease. And um, it was just kind of this combination of everything going wrong at once. He ended up losing both of his legs before he passed um, because of an infection um, that he was suffering from. And I was sitting as a senior in high school in my last class of the day. And all of a sudden I got a really sharp pain in my chest. And then I just started getting like really fast heart palpitations and my stomach was in a knot. And all I could think about was my grandpa. And the thought that came into my head was that he was going to pass away like very soon and he needed me and I had to get to him. Luckily at that point, um, being a senior, my high school let us sign ourselves out of school and, um, and I had a car. So I signed myself out and I said, I know this is going to sound crazy, but everyone at school knew my situation of what my grandpa was going through. And I said, I need to get to the hospital immediately. Um, and I drove to the hospital and for months, my grandpa was floating in and out of a coma. And when he was kind of with it, he still had no idea who anyone in our family was. Um, but I would turn up every day just to tell him I love him and hold his hand and let him know that I was there for him. And so when I showed up at the hospital that afternoon, it was a magical experience from the standpoint of, it was the first time in almost a year that he was hospitalized, that he looked me directly in the eye. 
he knew that I was there. And I said, Grandpa, I'm here. Don't be afraid. I love you. And he squeezed my hand. Mm -hmm. He had not been able to have any movement in his hand for months. He looked directly at me and he squeezed my hand. And I just knew that this was the time that he was going to leave and he didn't want to be alone. And I feel like nobody deserves to be alone Mm -hmm. when they transition. Mm -hmm. And I was so happy that I was able to be there with him. And then, you know, he started coding and, you know, the machines that he was hooked up to started beeping really quickly. And I was so scared. I'd never been with someone when they were passing before. So I, I didn't want to lose him, but I knew that this was the only way he wouldn't be suffering anymore. And I wanted him to feel loved and supported. So I called out to the doctors for help and they came running in. And in that moment, I just, they said, you have to move. And I said, no, he needs me to hold his hand. I'm going to stay right here. And I I knew there wasn't anything that they could do to, you know, medically intervene anymore because he was in so much pain and it was his time. So I just kept holding onto his hand and telling him, I love you, grandpa. I love you, grandpa. I hope we see each other again one day. And that was it. He, He passed. And I don't know how I knew other than to explain this intuition and this this bond and this connection that we felt that I needed to be there in that moment. And I had to drop what I was doing at school, drive the half hour to get to the hospital and physically be there to make sure he felt the love and support to transition peacefully. Hmm. And, and so that was one example. Um, my maternal grandma who raised me, who was my, my everything, my best friend, when she uh, was passing, she was in uh, Florida and we were here in LA, but we were going back and forth a few times a month to be with her in the hospital. And I woke up in the middle of the night. It was like 1, 1 in the morning. And I said to Scott, I said, Nima, that was what I called my grandma. I said, she just passed. Mm-hmm. And Scott said, no, Amy, I don't think that's right. I think you're just, you know, really nervous. You're so stressed out. You're worried about her. And I just started crying. And I said, I know she just passed. Mm-hmm. And less than a minute later, my phone rang and it was my uncle. And he had gotten a call from the hospital, literally while I was talking to Scott and saying she passed with the news. Mm-hmm. And it was just because this was someone that was my best friend. I talked to her three times a day since I learned to dial the phone when I was two. Every day, my whole life, she was my my everything, like my biggest source of love and support in my life. And I just knew that that was her time. And my my sweet Roxy, our dog who passed away a few months ago, we were in the process of moving to a new home and Roxy, you know, stayed in, in our old house so we could like start unpacking the furniture and she had just gotten sick the week before and we found out that she had um, brain cancer. And as we were driving home, literally I got the same feeling that I felt when my grandpa passed and my grandma passed and our kids were in the car. So I didn't want to say anything to frighten them. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't tell Scott, but once we pulled into our garage, I said, just wait in the car for a moment 
because I know that Roxy needs me and I want to go in first. And she was there, you know, lying on the rug and she had already passed. Mm -hmm. And I just knew because we were also so connected. Mm -hmm. So I've had these intuitive experiences around pain and passing Mm -hmm. with the beautiful people in my life and my, my sweet furry baby. Um, And I feel like it was because there was this unbreakable bond that we shared and it connected us in such a powerful way. And I have a lot of friends who've had similar experiences where, you know, they, they could feel that pain and it's such a beautiful thing to tap into, to feel that connection. I believe that's why we're all here to have these profoundly deep and beautiful connections with people that we love. And, you know, for me, love is the most powerful force in the universe. Mm -hmm. And I feel like even when we lose people or the animals in our lives that are a family that we love, that we still can feel that love because we're all made up of this energy And for me, I'm a believer that love is radiating at the highest frequencies. So even when we're not here in the physical form, we still can feel that energy around us and we can feel that presence and that bond can never be broken. What courage, (laughs) like what courage at 17 to feel that, to know that, to take the action, to be present for someone in in his transition in his releasing his physical self um to be able to act on that to place his needs there and it is a um it's like the strongest magnet it it feels like you almost have to do it at least that's been my experience and and other people have said that there's the, the soul connection that's there. You know, it's that eternal love, you know, not conditional or anything like that. It's the eternal soul connection love that's there and equally an experience for your soul to be able to be present. I always tell people, if you have the opportunity to be with someone when they're passing, put aside your fears. Put aside any of that, you know, human idea of grossness and get your butt there because it's a gift to those who are able to be present. Um, you know, so true. Are, it's just amazing. My, my first experience, actually, I was doing readings already and um, one of my friends had, I worked with her and she had um, advanced colon cancer and my husband and I were out to dinner and I said to him, I gotta go, I gotta go. I gotta go to Ann's house. And he's like, for what? I'm like, I don't know. Um, I said, I just got, I have to go. And this was pretty early on when I was still trying to decipher, like what the heck is going on? Yeah. And when I got there, a couple of my other friends were there when you work for a nursing agency, everybody's, you know, shows up, but I was billing. I was not in nursing. Um, but I showed up and I was, went down to see Anne, um, a couple hours later, actually, I thought I was there to support my friends who had been supporting her. 
And then a couple hours later, one of my good, so good friend today said, aren't you going to go say hi to Anne? And I'm like, no. And it wasn't that I was fighting seeing her or being with her. I, at that point, didn't have words for the intuitive knowing like you're talking about. I got to get there. I have to be with that person when they're taking their final breath. We cross before we take our final breath, but there's still that experience. And I'm like, well, who am I? I mean, I'm kind of a extended friend, not a dear, dear heart friend. Although she changed my life so completely big after that process. And it's just amazing to be able to um, be given the privilege, I think, to be with someone. And then when you're not with your with your Nima, um, but to still be that soul connected. And I would even say from my experience, you were with her because when we're asleep, we're in that astral realm which is where we are when we cross. So it's very likely, you know, Nima tapped you on the head on the way out. Um, my granddaughter was not with us when my husband passed and she, but she, she was with her other grandmother and she woke her up at that time and said, Grampy just crossed. So it's that. I'm so sorry, Vicki, for your loss. So oh, sorry. Yeah, I didn't lose him. I know where he is. Um, but I know what you mean. <laughs> I'm trying to get people to be like playful around this, but it is that. And you know what was pretty fascinating about that? I'm doing the oh, three weeks of no sleep the whole nine yards. Yeah. I fell asleep. I finally gave in and I was <laughs> sleeping. So passing can be fun too. It can be, my husband had a great sense of humor. We were kind, we were loving about it of course it was hard but also a little irreverent about the whole process and he had wicked sleep apnea and like he snored like neighbors would call and say roll him over <laughs> it was it was horrific so when he's passing you know not everybody does the quiet go to sleep thing of course he's gonna do shake the the rafters kind of um chain stoke breathing i had fallen asleep on his bed with my head down and at one point, and this was such a wife moment, we were together 27 years. So this oh, is such beautiful. a beautiful. It, it actually, it, it very much is. Um, and uh, I picked up my head and I was like, oh, knock it off. And I was like, oh my goodness. And within 45 seconds, he passed. So it, it was, I know he was like, woman, you are not going to miss this. <laughs> he, he wanted you to feel the energy and his presence. He was practicing in the hospital room. He got very, his face got very solemn and very focused. I said, what are you doing? And he said, I'm practicing. I'm trying to make people's phones ring. And I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. You are not going to haunt us. Uh, he's, he's quite good at it. But that that whole process of honoring which is exactly the love that you feel you know to be i i think of it as like the universe has a heartbeat and like we can feel that heartbeat if you allow that vulnerability it takes courage and that's why i said how courageous of you to feel that to know that 
to get in the car and drive knowing it. And then for your, your fur baby, um, because it's, it's, animals understand the process a lot better than we do. It's true. Um, however, that those heartstrings, um, my, how old was she? Seven, 16 year old cat just released herself as well. Um, so oh, I'm so sorry for your loss. <laughs> like, it's like, I'm like, seriously, kiddo. Like, uh, but they know when their work is done. Like they know, like when their job, I've often said they're more evolved than we are. Um, have you I ever totally agree. And I just wanted to say real quick to that point, um, Roxy, our sweet doggy, um, she passed in our old home and it was the day before we were moving to our new home. And I said to Scott, I think Roxy wanted to leave in this home and give us the gift because we have our young children of being able to start this chapter in our new home mm -hmm. and not have it be a place of loss and sadness. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think she said, it's okay. I can go now. Cause she knew we were moving. Dogs are so intuitive. They're so smart. She saw us packing up everything she knew. And I think she said, it's okay. I can go now because I want you guys to start this new chapter and I want the new home to be a new beginning and filled with joy. And she didn't want to pass in our new home. I, I really, I really believe that she was a part of choosing that time and, and, and being able to say, this is almost a gift of how much I love you guys. And I'm looking out for Maxwell and Ruby, our kids. Yeah. Oh, great names. Um, Thank you. Exactly. They, have a um a soul mission as well yes they have soul evolution that's why you can get some some animals that not so bright um and some where you're like whoa there is a depth that's within them that we can't even i think begin to fathom because they don't do the subconscious thing <laughs> they're just in what and i agree with that i feel like her um, ushering you into a new experience with also a little bit, if you don't mind intuitive tapping in here, yeah. um, with also a little bit of, yeah, no, I don't want to learn a new place. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to, um, so in being complete and I, I feel like as humans, like the animals will tell us even if it, like she was able to evolutionary wise release herself, animals call it being yes. released. Um, and if it's our job to make sure that they're released, if they're in pain or whatever, um, they will tell you. And I think we have to step out of our own ego enough to say, I agree to the soul contract because there's yes. a soul contract there to be able to say when it's time that I honor that, you know, I honor the, the releasing. Have you ever felt like this knowing that you have and the tapping in to be like burdensome? 
Um, no, not a burden. I, I honestly feel that it's a gift because I love connecting with other people. And I've always felt that you haven't truly lived unless you've experienced both joy and pain with another human being. So, you know, as you can see, I'm sitting here crying, you know, the whole time we're talking, but I don't, I don't, um, I'm not afraid of that. You know, I'm authentic in how I express my emotions. So if I'm feeling joy, I share laughs and happiness with people. You know, some of these tears are, are happy tears thinking about the people or, or my sweet Roxy that I've loved and lost. But I feel like whatever you are feeling, you have to show up and be all in and authentic in that. And that's the way that other people can feel your energy and your vibration and be comfortable enough to show you their authentic self. So that for me is part of creating a safe space for other people to say, this is who I am. And can I show you all of that? Mm -hmm. And I think it's one of the most beautiful ways that we get to truly see who we are and see who other people are. Mm -hmm. And so for me, that's always been a gift to be able to tap into that energy. You know, when I walk into a room, I think, as I said earlier, it's a mix of intuition, but also empathy mm -hmm. and trying to just relate and connect with people. And I've always been able to just from moment one, stepping into the room, gravitate towards the person who might be having a bad day and want to find out and kind of investigate further what's going on. How can I show up for you and kind of like lighten your load and, you know, I'm just here to support and listen, is there something you need? Mm -hmm. But I always know who to go to in the room that their energy feels a little off um, and, and try to just give love and support and like raise that frequency to help them feel better. That's so beautiful. It's, it's a, I think it's a gift we give ourselves as well. Once you realize that, oh, that's what I'm feeling. Like it can be hard to, it sounds like from a very young age, you were aware that this was part of your uh, wiring, uh, part of your unique bringing and the ability to share space with someone and not take it on, but be like, I understand, like I connect, I feel that at a level that, um, I don't know, is, has gratitude mixed in with it too. Because I don't know about you, but I felt, sometimes I'll hear the expression and I've worked with people who say, I can't stand it, I'm too empathic. And I'm like, there's no such thing. I agree. There's no such no thing. thing. Yeah. How can you put an extra O on empathic? Like you, <laughs> you, you, can't, you can't be too empathic. You can be empathic to where you're not understanding boundaries. Yeah. You can be empathic to where you think you know better for someone. Uh -huh. um, and yeah, sometimes there's a wallop that <laughs> happens. You know, there's a, that, that hit me, okay. And there's a deciphering of the empathy. But too empathic? No, no. Because then are you really experiencing your potential? Um, because there's, and I understand that sometimes it's hard to navigate. And I love that you say like the tears are there, the joy is there. There's 
there's a level of love in tears. I, I cry more out of love than I do out of pain. Me too. I, I'm a blubbering fool on TikTok. Like, <laughs> I, I'm just like, that was so beautiful. I can't believe they said that. And I'm like, wow, Vic, wow. Uh, but that filler up, like that's where vibrancy comes from. Well, I absolutely agree. And that the fact that you also so freely let that flow and share it to me is the most beautiful thing because it normalizes jumping into our feelings and feeling everything a hundred percent instead of running away from it. You know, when we suppress our emotions, that's where we have all of these, you know, negative and toxic elements in our lives that we have to deal with. But when we aren't afraid and we're ready to feel everything that we're feeling, that's where it's this beautiful experience when we're just not afraid. Right. I ha I said to my sister one time, I, I think it was after my husband passed and I said, well, a, a year or so, a couple of years later, I said, I'm going to sell the house. I, I don't need a four bedroom house. There's a family coming that needs this house. Um, and she's like, how can you, isn't that scary? And I'm like, oh, if it scares me, I almost have to do it. Uh, because I feel like there's another level of experiencing life that's there. Now I'm not a fool. I'm not going to throw myself into the jaws of something that's going to eat my face, but you know, there's a certain level of, have you lived if you're not feeling a little bit of that, oh, you know, or nervousness. Because to me, that is the life force energy that's flowing through us that our soul said, oh, that human thing looks fun. Let's go try that. Um, and let's see how much we can squeeze out of this um, so that we can have it for ourselves. Yes, because we are all here individually, but then share that like you're saying true heart. I mean, talk about <laughs> A good name um, for who you really are. I'm like, well, that's brilliant marketing um, <laughs> from the person because you know people will claim it but not really authentically be in there, and you can feel that dissonance that's there, and yet it's always fascinating to me who my frequency will connect me with. Like I have met some of the most amazing people and I have said to people, do not underestimate that person packing your groceries as being the most highly evolved soul that you will ever have the privilege in this lifetime to connect with and you stayed on your phone? What? what? I completely agree. I think oftentimes people judge the packaging, if you will, or the place that they're coming in contact with someone and they have all these sort of feelings about it and they prevent themselves from fully experiencing what that potential connection would be with the other human being. Mm -hmm. So you're absolutely right. Like whether it's the person packing your groceries, the dry cleaner, the server at the restaurant, the person who takes your ticket at the movie theater, your accountant, your attorney, your kid's teacher, I mean, there's so many amazing people on this planet that I think show up and teach us important lessons. Mm -hmm. If we're willing to have our eyes wide open and, you know, be in the receiving mode of it. Mm -hmm. So I always make an effort to just get to know everyone. 
I've always been a big believer that you can make an hour to meet a new friend. Everyone deserves the hour to share who they are and what they have to offer. And if you're open to that, sometimes you're surprised in the most beautiful, magical ways, mm -hmm. you know, and wouldn't you want people to be able to receive you for who you are as well? So if you're closed off, then how can you expect other people to want to know the true you? So I feel like if everyone is just open mm -hmm. and willing to receive, then it makes things um, just so much more beautiful. It's a lot less work too, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I feel like, um, and I witness this in people where when I'm working with them, I'll be like, okay, I have three of you in front of me. Um, can we integrate that? Like, can we merge that? And you won't be so tired. Like, you, you won't be so um, distracted or pulled apart. Like when you show up fully as who you are in process, learning, of course, you know, expanding, gonna foobar some stuff, gonna screw up, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna do stuff as, as a human evolving. But when you show up completely in that way, it's so much less work. And you don't have to remember what you said, because it was all true. You know, so. Absolutely. <laughs> and if someone isn't of that vibration, that's fine. Um, you know, it's, this is not resonating. You know, you've had to have conversations. I've had to have conversations with people that I don't think it's in our best interest to continue this relationship. Um, but it also allows you to do the work. I'm not suggesting this is easy by any means, you know, so it, because it can sound like, oh, just do that, but it's not, it's a recommitment to self over and over again that this is how I want to affect change. This is how I want to meet up. I always say, when I croak and I'm watching my movie, because we're the only one there watching it, figuring out what we've done, what we could do differently, I wanna look at me and say, you did all right, Vic. You did all right. Um, good job, kiddo. Now, what are we gonna do in the next, what are we gonna get into next time? Um, and then, you know, meet everybody who's who's on the other side. Uh, not that they're not bothering me now. I have a I have a question for you around your intuitive abilities. Are you aware that you feel colors? Yeah, um, that that's so crazy that you said that to me. I'm wow. Wow. Okay. You are spot on. So I discovered maybe a year or two ago that there was a name for this synesthesia, which you're probably aware of. And I definitely have it. So I've always had this deep connection to music, like just been moved by music since moment one. It's had a profound effect on my life, especially as I've healed through all the trauma I've been through that's been related to domestic violence and sexual assault and trafficking as a young woman, music was a big part of my journey of healing. And when I listen to music, I see color, mm -hmm. like in mm -hmm. the most amazing, magical, beautiful ways. It's almost like if you remember that film Fantasia, you know, with Mickey Mouse, what they were able to create with those beautiful colorscapes, mm -hmm. I see color. And when I was pregnant with Ruby, um, it's crazy because my husband comes from a family of all boys. So he was one of three boys. His younger brother has three boys. We had our son. 
There's never been a little girl in that family line. And so I knew that I was having a little girl and everyone told me, you are crazy. And I felt, and I know it's going to sound nuts, but I felt these pinks and these purples and these reds. I felt it like for the full 10 months that I was pregnant, I had these vivid dreams of the pinks and the reds and the purples before I found out that the test came back that I was in fact having a little girl. And I had these dreams of my Nima. I was meeting her in my dreams. And this, this might sound a little woo woo, but I think some people will relate okay, to on this. this show. <laughs> so I know I'm in a safe space to say this, but in my dreams, Nima was coming to me and I saw her as a child. And then here's the part that I think some people will say might be a little crazy, but I don't care. This is what I believe. And it makes me feel good in my heart. The moment I locked eyes with my daughter when she was born and I felt my Nima was with me in the room when I was delivering her, I had her picture literally sitting on the bed next to me when Ruby was born and I was calling out to her. I I said, Nima, my baby's coming. She's, she's almost here. Thank you for being here and loving me and supporting me. The moment I locked eyes with Ruby, who's named after my Nima, I knew that it was my Nima's spirit that was here in Ruby. And I said to myself, this is an opportunity, the most magical, beautiful opportunity to now raise the person who raised me Mm -hmm. and the person who gave me all of the love and support. I would not be alive if it was not for my Nima. I would not be talking to you today. But now I get to see her spirit as this beautiful young energy Mm -hmm. and I get to take care of her. Like Mm -hmm. how incredible the tables have turned, Mm -hmm. but then there's this, this recognition and my proof, my proof, which I shared with Scott. And then he was a believer is that from the moment Ruby was a few months old and started making sounds and started formulating words, you know, she would go to the picture of Nima that I had in her room on her little shelf that she could reach. And she picked it up and she kissed it and she smiled. And then once she first started to learn to like talk and say words, every time I was feeling like I was missing Nima so badly, her energy, Ruby would bring that picture of her over to me, kiss it, hold my hand and say, Nima loves you so much, mama. Mm-hmm. And I said, how else would this person she's never met, mm-hmm. how else would she feel that energy so strongly and know that we were connected like this? Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's a beautiful feeling, you know, because I always want to feel like connected and, and close with Nima, that this could be a way that we're tied together forever. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it's just my feeling. It's very much how the soul process works. Um, there's my, uh, okay, nieces listening to this, close your ears. Um, my mom, who who passed quite a while ago, has come back already as someone in the family. Um, and I experienced that knowing and recognize the soul that she is in this lifetime and there's such a joy for me in that because my mom she raised eight kids that woman worked hard wow yeah but she didn't leave the house and she didn't really get to experience the life i think that was inside her 
Um, I think sometimes she smushed into me and said, girlfriend, go do it so I can live through that, which is yeah. fine. Um, but the, to be able to see that continuity, to know that, to know this is how the soul works. I mean, usually if we are an extended family member and there are still, um, messages and lessons and beautiful contracts and sometimes not so beautiful contracts that we need to learn from we'll pick a closer and closer relationship in order to learn in order to work it out right so you understanding that this soul like feeling the soul vibration not the personality of nema yes the, the soul. soul vibration of choosing to come back because she's like, oh, we are not done. Yeah. We are not done having fun. <laughs> I I am rolling through again. I'm going to give you a run for your money when I'm 12 and a half. Yes. But don't, but don't worry. <laughs> I will return to that. I'll return to myself when I'm about 14 and then it'll be clear sailing from there. <laughs> like this is already in, in play. And to be able to have that um, kind of dual experience, right? Because you still have to be Ruby's mom. Yeah. You still have to appreciate the expansion of the soul. Because if yes. the soul's coming back through, it's it, her soul is expanding. So you have to foster that, help that along. Yes. But to be able to do it with even some hilarity around this, like can you believe this like i get to do this and that's a good that's a really good one um and we get to choose when we come through so some souls may hang out you know for decades and other souls because i was arguing with my mother, i was like wait a minute so you were pretty absent emotionally in this lifetime and now you're not going to be on the other side when i'm just figuring out i can talk to dead people like no that's <laughs> That's not cool. That's not okay. That's another level of abandonment. Get your butt back over there. <laughs> and then the same thing you're saying when I locked eyes with this kiddo, I was like, oh no. Oh no. Oh. You just know. Yeah. It, it goes, boop. Yeah. It just lands in there. And I've had people try to make it fit. Like they'll come to me and say, I know it's my grandfather. I'm like, um, but your grandfather's standing right behind you. And that's not possible if they've done the trip through again, yep. you, you can't get a hold of their record. Like they can't communicate. It's like, leave a message at the beep. Right. Because <laughs> the soul's busy, excuse me. I, I'm busy being amazing in my red dresses. You know, so, so that process, like I love that you share that because I think if we can educate and take the woo woo out of it, you know, and I'm all about the soul. Like I have a course that teaches you how to connect with your soul because I feel like when that's plugged in, it's almost like people are walking around with two ends of their cord going, I don't know what to do in this life. And I'm like, plug it in. <laughs> like, plug it in. If you plug yes. it in, you get to experience these things. But the whole time like, I've been watching you and listening to yourself, there's this whole kaleidoscope that's happening around you and then i could feel you like manipulate the energy and move the colors around too and i'm like 
I hope she knows she can do that. That's really cool. <laughs> well, I didn't know that I could do that part. So thank you for cluing me in. I'd love to learn. I have a superpower today. Mm-hmm. I know that I experience color very deeply, as I was saying earlier, but I didn't know that I could shift the energies. I just know that when I see color, the impact it has on my being is so strong. And I, I just feel it when I'm awake and when I'm asleep, it's a really powerful like sensation for me. So you're doing that when you're interacting with someone, the way it looks to me is there's an interaction and then there's some almost data that comes to you that downloads and we, it is part of the empathic process, but it's the um more um charged version so what you could do with that is start recognizing like just observing that when you're meeting with someone okay what does this feel like what does that what needs to happen here because because colors have frequencies yep like you could bring it learn to bring in like a light blue for this person so it calms the room or learn to um accentuate you know say you're in the middle of a workout you got no more energy left you're like orange orange can i get you please like bring bring that in and not necessarily related to chakra colors because chakras don't have colors they have vibrations that relate to colors yeah but you've been on at on a super conscious level like you've been responding to me with colors and like moving them around you know those little games that you can move the pieces around in them and they're kind of enclosed yep that's what it looked like to me and then it would settle and then you'd be communicating from that color and i'm like oh that's really fun (laughs) i mean this is how i walk around like everybody comes with a movie screen but i was like not everybody comes with a kaleidoscope what is she wow that is that is so cool i want to learn how to (laughs) tap in to that um you just made my heart so happy that is amazing i will be like literally on my true heart search engine later researching all the books (laughs) that that i could find and hitting you up for resources because (laughs) that is that is amazing and i know that color has these healing powers and and the ability to to bring forward all of this energy as you said whether it's you know making us feel more revved up during a workout or calming us you know when we need to feel more relaxed Mm -hmm. so i'd love to be able to help give that as a gift to other people if i can well and also to bring it to yourself to rejuvenate to make sure that you're plugging yourself in you know so that there's a um it's a a, to be a little redundant a true vibration that's being offered so that it's not it's always replenished like it's always that source energy that operates from a truly high frequency that doesn't need to be replenished but as humans we have to you know make sure that we're doing that and that we don't like pixelate (laughs) um so that is so cool i want to share um one quick story with you of how my intuition actually worked in a wild crazy funny amazing way as it relates to love because i think you'll appreciate this 
So when I was 18, I wrote a poem, which was about going out with 100 guys until I met Mr. Right. Now, fast forward 12 years later, okay? I forgot that I wrote the poem. When I was 30 years old, I went out with 100 guys in 30 days as an experiment, okay? Because Nima told me, at, at the time I said, I'm ready to meet my person, right? To, to find my soulmate and have that one true, unconditional, amazing love. Um, Tata was my grandpa, was married to Nima for 67 years before they passed. And I always looked up to that and aspired to find that sort of beautiful, like soulful love connection. So Nima being all knowing as she was when it came to me said, Amy, you have to give 110% to love the way you do with your business. And if you show up with that 110%, you will start bringing in the person that you know you deserve, this, this real true love. So I said, all right, you know me, Nima. I don't do anything half-assed. I'm either you know, <laughs> not in or I'm all the way in at 110%. So I said, I'm going to date literally like it's my job. So I, I went online to the site JDate. Mm-hmm. I signed up and I said, I'm going to do it as an experiment because I believe it's a numbers game, right? And so I'm not afraid of the no's. The more wrong people I meet, it means I'm just closer to meeting the right one. Exactly. <laughs> so I said, I'm going to see if I can go out with 100 guys in 30 days. So it was literally like, you know, breakfast or brunch, yeah. lunch, dinner, coffees. I'm not a drinker, but I'd meet someone, you know, for a drink and I'd have a juice. And I was like, all right, I'm meeting like, basically three people on average a day just to like move through, find the chemistry and the connection. And finally I'll meet my person. So on literally the last day I'd been out with three guys, I come home. I I was living in a house with, with friends, housemates. And uh, one of my friends, she was kind of following my wild, crazy adventures. And she said, Oh, was this one not Prince charming? And I said, listen, This wasn't the one for me, but I still have a few hours left. My subscription ends tomorrow. So I'm going to just, you know, test fate here. And I'm going to go on one more time and see what happens. So I go on. It's 10 o'clock on a Sunday night. And there, Scott messages me. But the crazy part was we had messaged each other two years before on a completely different dating app. So it was just bad timing. Like Mm -hmm. the timing would never have worked out for us. We both weren't ready. And then we ended up never meeting. So I recognized his handsome face and he messaged me and he recognized me. And, uh, you know, we're messaging for like a half hour. And then I said, you know, call me. It'll, it'll be better conversation on the phone. And he called me and right away, I gave him a little shit for not, you know, (laughs) ever meeting me two years before. And, uh, we laughed and he said, do you want to go out? And I was a like, do it now person. So at this point now it's 11 o'clock on a Sunday night. I thought he meant now. So I'm like, where am I going to go meet this guy now at 11 o'clock on a Sunday? I'm not going to a bar. I don't know what's open. I'd never done this before, but I felt, I felt kind of safe because I had my, my friends that I lived with. So I said, listen, you're not an ax murderer, are you? He said, no, I'm not. Uh, we laughed. I said, listen, I have housemates. So I feel like I've got a little protection here. Do you watch the show Entourage? It was really popular at the time. He said, yes. I said, great. I taped it. I haven't watched it yet. Come on over. I'll make us tea. We'll chat. From the moment he walked through the gate coming into my house, I just felt this like rush of energy that it sounds crazy, but this is my person. 
mm-hmm. before he even opened his mouth. And I said to myself, oh my goodness, if, if he's as wonderful on the inside as he is cute on the outside, this is like game over. I, I found the love of my life. And we stayed up talking till six in the morning. And literally we were together every day. We got engaged on our one year anniversary, married like nine, 10 months later. Um, And it was this wild and crazy intuitive thing that at 18, how the heck would I have known? I wrote a poem, which I still have to this day about dating a hundred guys to find Mr. Right. And then that's what I did at 30. And Scott was guy 101. (laughs) He was the Dalmatian. (laughs) I mean, it was, it was crazy, but I go back now with the life experience that I have and knowing what I know about myself, there was intuition around that. Writing that poem was like, I'm going to foreshadow for, for adult Amy at 30 years old, who's going to go through this evolution and have this, you know, dramatic wake up call of going through her journey of healing to be able to finally love herself and then receive this great love. And it was all laid out. The plan was laid out for me. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's intuition. It's listening to that soul voice that said, this is pretty cool, you know? And so did you tempt fate or did you trust fate? Yeah, I guess I, I guess I trusted it and I leaned in with everything I had yeah. and I was not afraid and I was ready to show up and know what it means to truly love myself. first in order to give love to someone else and receive that completely and when I when I was able to do that it was the most amazing shift in my life Mm -hmm. it was just incredible Mm -hmm. well and I hear that you were good with yourself even if he wasn't guy 101 like you were good with who you were so it I feel like that also allows us to be connected, to see the signs, to listen, um, to step forward again with that courage of being able to say, let me, and then you trust it. And then it, you trust it. And then you remember you write the poem, which validates the intuition. So the next time you're in a situation, you're like, oh no, that 101 thing worked out really well for me. Um, <laughs> so, so I can trust it when it comes to business. I can trust it when it comes to is this the school for my kiddos? I can trust it when it comes to where are we going for dinner? You know, it's not always a big deep decision that this intuition thing is pretty handy. And that's Correct. why, it's, you know, I think it's the first sense. It's the one we, if we listen to that, the other ones are so much easier. You are spot on. It is one of the most important things we need to learn how to tap into. And I think when you do in your personal life, it it brings you the most beautiful results in your professional life. I mean, I've walked away from projects when, you know, on a phone call or a first in-person meeting, the energy I got from the other person or the group of people involved was really negative or toxic or or aggressive. And I could foreshadow this was going to be a shit storm, like a total Mm -hmm. nightmare if we move forward. And I know now to trust my gut, to trust my intuition. And I say, I'm going to walk away. And then I'd read something, you know, a few weeks or months later in the news that they went off and did the project with someone else and like a bad result happened. And I was like, wow, like how grateful I am that I listened to my intuition and I trusted that feeling. And I walked away from something that wouldn't have served me or wouldn't have served my business. And I think people just need to learn 
to flex that muscle, if you will. Um, one of my favorite books, I don't know if you've read, but I recommend it to everyone, is called The Gift of Fear. It's by Gavin DeBecker. Mm. It changed my life. Everyone needs to read this book. It's, it's tapping into your intuition. And Gavin talks about not being afraid of fear, that fear is also a type of intuition that we need to tap into and that our body is giving us these signals, these physical ways of knowing our heart racing, our stomach in knots, you know, those chills that we get. Um, us. If you feel something is off, listen to that. It could literally save your life. And Gavin has such an amazing backstory. He's also a survivor of interpersonal violence, and he's grown up to be one of the world's foremost leading experts on personal security and safety. He's protected world leaders, presidents of the United States, A-list celebrities, um, and he's always tapping into that kind of spidey sense, if you will, (laughs) that intuition around fear and not being a bad thing, but being something that he embraces And that's how he's been able to protect himself and protect all of these other people. And I especially think that women should read this book because if you look at the stats around, you know, um, who is getting abused or assaulted, unfortunately, you know, more in in this life experience, it's women and children. And so for girls and women to read this book and to learn how to spot the red flags and the warning signs to protect themselves from becoming a statistic and a victim of violence is one of the things that I'm most passionate about. And this book is, is just so beautiful and it's so powerful. I hope everyone gets a chance to read that. I'll, I'll make sure there's a link. Um, so it's an easy click kind of thing because I, I, I very much agree that it's a, it's information that's being given to us. And sometimes it's excitement that we're reading as fear. Um, and we, if we can decipher that a little bit, but mostly to listen to that, knowing that's came in with you as a soul. And then we got told to be practical or be kind or shush or don't listen to your own inner voice. But if that inner voice is saying to you, get the heck out of there, um, then like you said, this, women, children, anybody who's got a a sense that something's off a little bit, like your, your solar plexus, your intuition is your first psychic sense. Like it's trying to say, yo, listen to me, um, and deal with it afterwards. Be willing to allow other people to be disappointed. Um, because if you, you're so correct about it being a muscle and it needs to be practiced to listen to it, to be able to trust it, to know that everything's going to be okay. And usually when we listen to it, amazing things happen later because I really think the soul's like, oh, they heard us. Oh, thank you. Um, yes. so then they can handle more, right? Send them some more goodies. They get not only the love sender, those two little people who will love her too, you know, all that stuff that ends up adding to it because we're, you're willing to, um, put the effort in, put the time in. It's so, it's so worth it. And I'm grateful that there's someone amazing like you, who's helping people tap into those gifts and, and recognize them because 
that is obviously part of your purpose. And one of your gifts is to not just be able to use those muscles that you have and, and your own superpowers for your own, um, you know, well-being and fulfillment in life, but to help other people as a, as almost like a, a spiritual, you know, guide or concierge, if you will, to them. Um, what a beautiful thing that you're, that you're able to do. Thank you. I, I, very much it can make me tear up um know that that's why i'm here because if everybody's walking around feeling and knowing their intuitive abilities knowing their whole self it's not just about using the spidey sense and that's what my daughter's always called it that's why i laugh um it's not only about it's not about the parlor tricks it's not about seeing colors it's uh, people being wholly connected to who they are will bring the love we need to be in a world where there's not strife or anger there'll still be disagreements there'll still be all that stuff of course but there's not this hatred and this oh, sadness and everything that exists or abuse because if everybody's knowing who they are and feels empowered but also feels their own power within we can do it calmly we can do it kindly and we can do it with a bit of don't <clears throat> with me yeah. um you know in order to bring about that wholeness to everyone so that the ones who are creating the acts feel that too and you know so uh, Let's work on the ones first in here, and then we'll 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 work our way out. Um, but that so let me ask you this, Vicky: Do you feel because this is something I've been feeling, and and you're a very intuitive person? Do you feel like there's a shift happening, like a global shift towards moving to love and kindness more at the forefront? Because I've been feeling this energy related to children. Maybe it's an ushering of souls, you know, coming in. But I've been watching like the friends that my kids have, and I've been blown away, like so impressed, like, wow, the way that they are interacting and just showing up with pure love and goodness is nothing like I've ever experienced before. Is, is that something that you're kind of seeing as well? I've been seeing it for a little over a decade. And okay, I feel wow. like what's happening is that when we do our work, Okay, when we each of us individually look into ourselves and say, how can I feel greatest within myself? How can I honor my my own wiring and joy, bring joy and help and create abundance for everybody? When we do that, we raise the vibration. So this is universal. And when we raise the vibration, <laughs> these little buggers that are coming in with their vibrations already tapped out um they're they're not having to start as low in a frequency so they're starting at a frequency that is already love because it's coming from source but they don't have to dip down into humanness <laughs> as much um they get to bring the beauty of what it is to be a human the experience of all the emotions. So what they're bringing is their, this purity of the love. So each soul that's coming in 
then raises the energy just a smidgen more. Now, actually that can create more strife for those who don't want to grow. For those who don't want to raise their vibration, they get to be a little bit more jerks, quite frankly, um, because they're fighting the evolution of our species, of our souls, of our, mm, our sovereignness. Um, they're creating like the lag, if you will. So then you have these amazing souls who are coming in going, no, I don't think so. Um, I, I am going to come in and I'm going to see the heart of that being. It doesn't matter if it's a human being. It can, right. It's trees, it's animals, it's ocean, it's anything, any sentient, you know, to yeah. the one cell amoeba. These souls that are coming in are warriors. <laughs> They're coming in with such purpose. You know, we're all, I'm 52, right? And, and in my, we're walking around going, what the hell is my purpose? And these guys are like, let me just tell you. Um, I'm, but so the ones coming in before kind of broke the ice, kind of ushered it in. Um, and so this raising of the, the frequency, I feel like got sped up by the pandemic because we needed to sit on our butts. <laughs> yeah, We needed to be told, no, you need to care about your fellow human and stop being so self-centered. It's okay to be selfish, self-caring, self-loving. Stop being so damn self-centered. Yep. So it's kind of like the cosmic two by four um, that wakes you up. And then all of these lights that are coming in in these beautiful vibrations we have to pay attention. I mean, it could be extremely frustrating for them to be here trying to do their work without helpers. Yeah. Um, so that's where communication comes in. Um, that's where listening to them, helping them to feel safe um, and helping to mm, create a, um, a collaboration of it and and saying to them help me learn help me learn you know what is it that i'm to learn uh so that's why i'm bawling so much over on TikTok because i'm like i didn't know that oh my goodness look at the light around that one i get so distracted i'm like oh wow because <laughs> i won't read without permission sorry i did that to you um because it's kind of like a oh no i i love it bring bring it on also we're gonna we're gonna hopefully if you're up for it i want to be friends with you out of this wonderful interview because i just i i love your energy i feel it even coming through the screen it's so positive and and beautiful and i'm connecting with you and I just feel like I'm making a friend. I want to be your friend. So I know it has to be a two-way street. I offer that up. Wide um, open. <laughs> great. Because I just I just feel like I met someone really special today. And I, I'm so excited. This is like the thing that like lights me up is having that that real connection and feeling like I'm being seen, but also I'm really seeing somebody else. And mm -hmm. and that's how I feel getting to know you through this beautiful chat. Thank you so much. I felt that from your email. Can I tell you something fun and then we'll wrap yeah. up so I can honor your time? 
um, where you um, messaged me, right? I was sitting here when I, I didn't know I could get messages there. Oh. <laughs> and I was sitting here and I'm like, oh, I have never checked Podsite to see if somebody could message me. What if somebody messaged and I didn't get back to them? Oh my goodness. I pop over there and it literally been there for like 15 minutes and I'm like, thank you. Thank you, business guide. Thank you, heart guide. Thank you, friend guide. Thank you, all the guides. Um, let me answer this. And then when I'm answering, I was like, whoo, <laughs> like, I'm feeling like all this stuff. And I'm like, this is so fun, which is how I get like, I have to tell myself, Vicky, not everybody can handle like, vroom, you know, running in there. So I, it was fun for me that you sent me a ping, which is <laughs> with the message. But thank you also, because now I know to check those things. I've toggled it. You're to welcome. Because <laughs> um, I'm like, ooh, you know, there's 45 places people can get a hold of you now. Never mind the energy realm. <laughs> right, know? exactly. So. <laughs> I might ping you that way later. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And um, I'll, I'll shoot you my personal cell, so uh, we could do it that way too. But thank you so much for for the time with me. I, I feel that. I feel that it can be challenging um, to connect with someone of vibration that I feel like, oh, I don't even have to talk. This chick gets me, you know, so <laughs> it's fun yeah. to have that. But then to have, oh, yeah, and have you experienced this? Oh, and that's, but to also have and invite in everybody who will listen to this or watch it or whatever to say, come on, come on the ride. Like, this is fun. It's, it's what you promised your soul so to a certain degree you kind of owe it to your soul don't be a slacker um you know show up and ha enjoy the fun ride that this humanity being human is and then the perks of love and everything else so thank you um thank you for having me vicky and i can't wait to learn more about your course and to also share it with everyone i know because I feel like so many people um, in my life are are looking for a deeper, richer experience to connect within um, authentically and then also to make these beautiful connections with with others and, you know, to have you as a guide to help show the way um, and and learn how to be able to tap into that um, would be something I think so powerful that a lot of people that I know uh, would, would love to learn more about. My pleasure. My pleasure. I, it's so much fun for me. I almost, I do feel on a daily basis, I get to do this. <laughs> like, I get to do this. So thank you. I appreciate you, your time, your family for sharing you, uh, for the time and for all the, you sharing your family and your Roxy and I just so appreciate you and this the space that we've created. I'm gonna zing for a few hours off of me too. <laughs> me too. Thank you, Vicky. What what a beautiful chat. I appreciate you having me on your wonderful show today. It's just been great getting to know you. If this is something you feel would be beneficial to you, feel free to pop on over to the website, vickybaird.com or at Coach Vicki Baird on all the social platforms.